Blog Talk Radio. Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on His promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you've got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, if you have a pen and a pad, I suggest you go ahead and get it out now. Yes, sir. You know I'm ready. <laughs> and if you you might want to put your helmet on tonight, Brian. It might get a little rocky in your room. I don't know. You might lose it a little bit, so uh, I want you to protect yourself. <laughs> put your helmet I'll, and shoulder pads on. I'll pay special attention not to hurt myself. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Tonight, I tell you what, if you got a seatbelt, you might want to put it on tonight to all our yes, listeners. Sir. I tell you what, sir. we have a wonderful, wonderful show and a powerful, powerful guest. And to those that are going through, trust me, after you hear our guest tonight, what you were going through, it won't be so bad anymore. It won't be so bad. It's not so bad, Brian. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, like we've been starting our show off for the past couple of weeks here, I want to uh, make sure that people are paying special attention to the nation of Haiti and offering their prayers, their financial help, their assistance to that ravaged nation. You know, they, they were already going through a whole lot before the, uh, the earthquake hit, and now they're getting ready for their rainy monsoon season. And, you know, they need our help and our prayers now more than ever. So in whatever way you give, make sure you do it consistently. You know, and Greg and I, we give, and we encourage others to do the same thing. All right, but Greg, let's go ahead and, you know, before we bring on our guest, I want to tell you about something that, uh, just uh, a little tidbit that happened the other day. My daughter, you know, and I'm always, you know, talking about my kids, and Greg knows this, and a little funny thing happened. There's a thing called, you know, reality and an expectation. And, you know, my daughter, she does really well in school, and she made straight A's this past nine weeks. And so the expectation was that, you know, she'd get good grades. And my mother had made a statement. She said, hey, that's great. You got all A's. I want to give you $10 for each A. Because her expectation was that, Okay, she won't be out of more than 50, 60 bucks. Well, my daughter made 10 A's. And so that expectation was that she'd only be out of 60 bucks. The reality is now she's going to be out of 100. And she's like, well, how many classes do you have? (laughs) You know, and so when we talk about expectation and reality, I think um, tonight's guest is going to give you a real good dose of expectation and reality by his own account, you know, and I want to go ahead and introduce him. We have tonight special guest and best-selling author, Mr. Eddie Connor. As a product of a divorced family, Evangelist Connor realizes that he was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but was raised by a strong mother who instilled in him lifelong values and the importance of governing himself as a positive individual. Woo. I'm going to bring him on because I want I want to talk to this young man, and I know Greg is ready to talk to him. Oh, yeah. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome tonight to the show Mr. Eddie Connor. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome. I appreciate you being – I appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight, uh, Greg and Brian. I appreciate it. Uh, without uh, further ado, let's get this thing going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, Greg, you said it. I told you. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to your daughter, Brian. Uh, you know, educating and elevating herself. That's what it's all about. We love to see young people. Uh, Tavis Smiley has a quote. He says, "Young people are like Kodak film. All they need is development and exposure. And evidently, you're exposing uh, your young girl to something uh, great, grandiose, and uh, exciting that she'll be able to educate and elevate other people as well as herself. So that's, yes, sir. that's a test." Thank you, thank you. I'll let her know. She'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to start off by asking you, what was, well, first, and we do this for, for every guest, but what was your inspiration for writing? 
Well, I've got to take uh, my inspiration for writing. That that comes from my mother. And a uh, shout-out to uh, my mother, Dr. Janice Connor, uh, who's always on the on the mission field from uh, right here in the in Detroit, but she goes to Jamaica a lot, taking everything from barrettes to books to Bibles, uh, trying to bless the people over there. So she's my inspiration. And really, uh, it was birthed out of uh, the education that I received, especially living in Kingston, Jamaica, for a, a period of my life and just being uh, exposed to that British education system, which is one of the best education systems in the world. And um, even going through my ordeal that I really want to uh, kind of shed some light on tonight, going through cancer and overcoming that, moving from cancer to conqueror to more than conqueror, and coming out of that ordeal, uh, going through the pain and then turning that into power uh, through God's healing power, uh, is in many cases the anthem and really just the, the crux of the reason why I want to write, why I want to continue to embellish and even expose. Uh, and you talk about experiential knowledge. You talk about the experience becoming the reality. I want to share my reality with people uh, to where they can overcome whatever situation they're facing right now. They don't have to just go through it, but they can grow through it. And so through my writing, I just want to uh, just give encouragement and inspiration um, that you can overcome obstacles. Awesome, brother. Awesome. i tell you what, Eddie, um, I know about your, your, your ordeal, the things that you, that you went through. And I was just sitting here just thinking, People are hurting every single day, but everybody's not receiving the same type of message that you received in your ordeal. When the doctors told you what they told you, you would love to have some of the problems that people are faced with or what they think is a problem on a daily basis. You know, they're they're struggling with, oh, I have to go to work today. Oh, I have to go to class after I go to work, or oh, I have to go to work after I go to my second job. You know, I have to do all these different things. But in your situation, you were faced with something at a very young age that will probably take the life out of a lot of people. If you would, tell us what was that thing that changed your life, not only your life, but the people around you. Absolutely. Uh, at the age of 15, I was diagnosed uh, with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, even prior to that, I was having chest pains that I was avoiding. And, you know, as men, as brothers, you know, we just feel like we can put the whole globe on our back and we can just take any type of pain and just overcome it without even trying to get some help from anybody else. And uh, many of the, the signals and the, the, the symptoms of the pain uh, in my chest. It was right around my heart. I was ignoring those symptoms, and, and my mother actually had to stop me in the hallway one time. I'm a sophomore in high school playing basketball, uh, running cross country, this, that, and the other, just being a, a regular kid. And uh, she says, Edward, it just seems like something's wrong with you. Uh, what is it? And I, you know, just shrug it off because I'm a man. I'm, I'm macho. I've, I've got my machismo, my masculinity. I define it by acting hard. And really, we should define it by who we are versus what we have or how hard we act. And so um, I'm in the hospital because I can't breathe uh, January of 1998, top of January of 1998, and um, went to one hospital, and they, they said, uh, I think you got a punctured lung, and I'm laying on my, laying stretched out on the bed saying there's got to be something different. Hospital uh, that I'm at says they can't do anything with me, and so they take me to another one. Story goes, they cut me open immediately. Uh, and they find out that the cells in my body around my chest are growing so rapidly that the doctors could literally see the cells in my body growing with the naked eye. Mm. And it was growing in my esophagus and the larynx, just the lymph nodes, the lymphatic system, um, was uh, inflamed and infused with bad cells. And so um, I, I come out of surgery, I'm feeling great. I'm like, hey, doc, I'm, I'm ready to get back to school, this, that, and the other. I'm ready to get my life back in order. This must have been nothing but a common cold or something like that because I feel great. He says, hold up, young man. We have uh, a diagnosis for you. And he says, we have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I say, non, non-what? I mean, uh, just to let you all know, Greg and Brian, I'm still struggling to uh, speak English. My first language is Ebonics. So uh, he says, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, what in the world is that? And uh, he says, young man, 
let me let you know this, you have cancer. And right before I could say anything, he said, but don't ask why. And I said, my goodness, you of course it's one thing for you to tell me something physically, but now you're trying to control me psychologically. I can't have that. And that's the first question I asked is why. Even going through the chemotherapy and the radiation that he told me I had to go through, which I endured for 18 months, I still asked why. As I would stand in the mirror at night and I put my hands in my hair and I look at my hand and I have hair follicles in my hands, I still asked why. Going to bed at night, waking up in the morning when you put your do-rag on and you wake up, you wake up in the morning and you take your do-rag off and your hair is still in the do-rag, I still ask the question, why me, why now? Um, going through spinal taps where they extract spinal fluid from your vertebrae, I still ask why. Uh, when I was 150 pounds bigger than what I am now, which I'm about 165, 170, soaking wet on, on uh, a good day, I still asked why. When I would walk down the street and people would roll their eyes at me and look at me like I was crazy because I looked uh, a mess to other people because of the ordeal that I went through, I still asked why. And, um, but I was reminded that Psalm 118.17 says, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And when the doctor gave his diagnosis, that's when God gave his prognosis, that you can overcome the obstacles. You can move from cancer to conqueror, to more than conqueror. And so uh, I had to ask myself and even get the help of my mother. That's one of the reasons I'm here. If it was not for the Lord and my mother, I wouldn't be here. My father uh, was not there for me. My daddy was not there for me. But I had to think to myself and say, what did I need a daddy for when I have a father? And uh, my father, God, looked out for me, and that's the reason why I survived. That's the reason why I'm here. And so even just the pressing point, the breaking point, the time when you're so psychologically distraught, will you think positive and negative situations? The situation might not change, but will your mind in the situation change? Because when your mind in the situation changes, that's when the situation has to utterly, uh, unmistakably change. You have to be positive in the negative situation so that you can have the positive result that you expect. And um, just going through that, the pain that you go through is transforming the power. Uh, cancer was supposed to be a tombstone for me, but God turned the tombstone into a testimony. And uh, even if you look at that word cancer, the first three letters in that word cancer is can. And you can survive anything. I had to tell myself, I can survive. I can overcome. I can make it through this situation. I can be positive in negative situations. I can turn sadness into gladness. I can uh, turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And that's the reason I'm here today, brothers. Wow. <laughs> the topic for the show tonight is called The Door for all those who are listening. And, and you know, the one thing about the one thing that I've learned about a door is that for every door, the reason that the door is there is for you to go through it. You know, even locked doors, they're not locked for long. You know, there's a way to go through them. Yeah. Because otherwise you wouldn't have a door there. You know, and just thinking about the ordeal that you went through, many people would have looked at what you went through as a locked door. Absolutely. And they would have thought that they couldn't go through that. They couldn't get through it. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and it, it's just amazing. I mean, I, I had no idea that people as young as 15 or 16 could have uh, a disease like a disease like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I thought that was something right. that older folks would get. So that I mean, you're already educating me on something like that. But I can just I can't even imagine. Being, you know, in high school and having to go through an ordeal like that. Absolutely. When, when popularity means everything, when uh, young people are dealing with an identity crisis all on their own, self-esteem, uh, re uh, respect from their peers as well as their elders, uh, just trying to fit in with the crowd, trying to have the latest gear, uh, trying to be popular, trying to be in the in crowd, uh, that's hard enough. But then to be facing a disease, uh, when that's supposed to be happening to somebody 50, 60, 70 years old, you're automatically ostracized even the more uh, from those who you're uh, associated with. And so um, 
that's even a, a greater test of character. Can I live through dying places? Can I overcome something that is supposed to be taking me out? Uh, will I be a victim or will I be victorious? Uh, those, are, those were just, just, uh, just a few of the, um, uh, the measures that I had to deal with at such a young age. And to be uh, just a kid having to deal with the psychological, the physical, the emotional uh, pain that you had to go through. It's one thing to just fight. It's one thing to fight an enemy that you can see. But it's another thing to fight something that's living on the inside of you that you can't even see. Fighting an invisible enemy. Uh, you know, it's one thing for your boss to be hating on you at the job. You can see your boss. But what about the brokenness that's on the inside of you? Uh, you know, somebody might be having a, 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 a Dooney and Burke bag. Somebody might have a, a Louis Vuitton bag. But in, in many cases, some of the bags that we carry uh, are really bags of uh, spiritual bags of death or emotional uh, bags or uh, situation baggage, situational baggage that we just take from one relationship to the next or one situation to the next. And so uh, I had to say, you know what, will I be bitter about the situation or will I be better because of the situation? Mm. And uh, we, we've got to find the inspiration within, our, within ourselves. Everything that we need is inside of us. Yes, it is. No need for us to look around for uh, why are we looking to, to other leaders. We are the leaders we've been looking for. Why are we looking to necessarily other people for help? We've got the help that we need on the inside. We've got power that we haven't even used yet. And um, that person who's listening via the computer or that person who's listening via the telephone, uh, it shouldn't let, don't let it take cancer, don't let it take a diagnosis, don't let it take a car accident for you to realize the value that you have. Your value is not predicated upon what you have. Your value is predicated upon who you are. Whether you have Prada or not, you still got to know who you are. Whether you uh, have a Benz or a few friends, you still got to know who you are. Whether you pay more or pay less for what you have, you still have to know who you are and who you are, understanding who you are, understanding the value that God has placed within you gives you the purpose and the power to press beyond every circumstance, gives you the purpose and the power to survive and overcome every obstacle imaginable. Well, let me ask you this. All the things that you've done, you, you you know, you've had to overcome a lot. You had to press forward. You know, God chose you for this. He chose you to, for, for for this thing, and I think that's uh, that's that's powerful. That you know, He said, "Well, let me, let me, let me, let me let my son go through this, so others will will know His power, know my power through Him, that I work through Him." And he chose you to go through this because he knew that when he chose you that you would be faithful. He could have chosen a lot of other people in this world, but he chose you for that moment to carry through what you had to go through, to, he, knowing that you wouldn't give up and die. Yeah. How does that make you feel now, knowing that he singled you out of all the people in the world to carry his plan? You know, I'm I'm humbled by that, um, and uh, oftentimes when I do reflect, uh, you know, on the pain that I had to go through, um, I see a lot of times we just become selfish sometimes in our situation, and we feel it's just, you know, woe is me, and we put on the pity party, party hat. Uh, but I see that me going through my situation just was not for me. Uh, but it was for me to empower other individuals. It was for me to empower, you know, some young man uh, who who grew up in a single parent divorce family. It was for me to empower uh, some some young woman who feels like all she has to do is be a video vixen and uh, uh, drop it like it's hot, or shake it like a salt shaker. When God really wants to shake her, mold her, make her, and take her up to where He wants her to be, uh, I, I realize it's just not for me but it's for me to be a vessel uh, where I'm able to impart some value into people's lives. And um, 
you know, we couldn't we couldn't put a baby on this phone to talk tonight due to the fact that a baby hasn't been through anything. Um, sometimes we we go through things, uh, but it builds our character and and all the pain that we've been through in life, all the hurt, the mistreatment, the rejection, the abuse, the misuse, uh, the haters, which God has even taken our haters and made them. Uh, his elevators. We don't look like what we've been through. And so um, when God makes us his display case, he, he wants us to have a story behind the glory that it seems uh, to be taking place in our lives. And so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that and even humbled by the fact that um, I overcame something that somebody else died from, all the people who I was in the hospital with getting chemotherapy and radiation five out of seven days a week, a lot of those folks did not make it, whether black, white, or otherwise. Death has, death does not discriminate. And it's just, uh, just a great blessing for me to have made it. And so with this opportunity, with this opportunity that I have, I want to do something great and uh, positive with this second uh second avenue of my life, the second piece of my life. The worst situation that I ever went through became the best situation. Um, it's, it's a two-sided coin. The worst thing that ever happened to me became the best thing because um, my ladder is going to be greater uh, than the rest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. You know, humble, boy, I, I, I'm full. <laughs> I don't even I don't even I don't even know what to ask you next because brother I'm telling you your spirit has just permeated this show and I mean it's just I feel you brother oh, <laughs> and it's it's kind of hard to to have me speechless I'm not going to lie to you wow whoo man look at God look at God look at God you know I'm 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 sitting here and I'm looking on your website here. And I want you to tell us a little bit about Youth on the March. Well, Youth on the March uh, is a nonprofit um, that I, I began um, really more so. Uh, I, I kind of got the vision, and it's under the umbrella of my mother, who has a ministry entitled Open Door Ministries International. And it's just I was telling uh, uh, Brother Greg that it's kind of uh, ironic that tonight's show is called The Door. And uh, my mom's ministry and our, uh, what we have going is called Open Door Ministries International. Uh, I believe Revelation, in Revelation says, Behold, I've set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. And so um, in many cases, it was kind of birthed out of the, the hurt and the pain that I've seen in the lives, the lives of, of youth that I, I work with, whether it's in Kingston uh, or, or whether it's just down on the block. Uh, just the, the hurt and the pain that many of the youth have been embattled by. And uh, even in that word youth, there is no youth without, without you. And it takes us to bridge the gap uh, of the generation uh, between the seasoned generation and, and the youth generation. There's a great divide there. And so we need, we need mentors. We need individuals. Um, we need leaders. Uh, who can instill value, and so that's what I, uh, I'm seeking to do, especially with my nonprofit, Youth on the March, and just invigorate hope in life. Whether I'm speaking at schools, or whether I'm speaking at an organization, or somebody's conference, or some church, or what have you, just to instill life and instill value, and to get young people marching uh, for something positive, marching towards their dreams, marching towards their education, marching uh, towards not mess. Uh, but but ministry, not uh, misery, uh, but towards miracles. And so uh, that's really what I, I endeavor to do. And uh, programs like this tonight, and I really wish individuals would continue to support a great program like this tonight, uh, Abundant Solutions. Uh, programs like this help to get the word spread out, help to uh, esteem and invigorate uh, lives uh, to where we can change our communities, change our schools, change our situation, and change this nation. Awesome. I tell you what, brother, we're just so thankful that you are coming on and blessing us 
with your testimony and the things that you are, are doing. I mean, it's just remarkable. Uh, the lines are just lit up. Uh, call us. Just hold on. We'll get to you in, in, in just a little bit. If We know everybody wants to talk to uh, Eddie Connor, But I tell you what, he's really blessing me. And uh, like Brian said, it is kind of hard to <laughs> to have him speak to us. That's that's saying a lot. But you know, I I, I want to go back to faith. I want to go back to faith. When you were in your situation, and the doctor said what he said to you, he gave you your prognosis or whatever. Yeah. You had to pull back from the foundation which your mother helped you build. Was your faith tested? Absolutely. Faith was absolutely tested. When somebody gives you uh, a diagnosis like that, that automatically shakes the foundation of your life and not causes your foundation to crumble. And uh, to be so young, to be uh, at the tender age of 15, um, to where you, literally, you know, you're, you're alive uh, but your life is already flashing before you. What's going to happen to me in two months? What's going to happen to me uh, in two weeks? What's going to happen to me in two minutes? Um, what in the world is going on? How how did this happen to me? They asked you, had you ever smoked? Said, no, I've never smoked before. Did you live in a toxic environment? No way. I grew up in the city of Detroit. How toxic is that? Um, uh, might be dealing with toxic situations, but uh, toxicity, no. And so just the foundation of, of, of my faith, I actually had to begin to have faith on my own. Mama took me to church all the time, and I was basically raised and born in church. And, you know, uh, mothers are always saying, you know, I want to testify about the goodness of the Lord and this, that, and the other. I want to testify. He kept me, this, that, and the other. And I sit in the back of the church and say, well, what do I have to testify about? And uh, it dawned on me, even coming out of my ordeal, out of my situation, that, brother, realize now what you've gone through, you've, st- you've stood the test. You've overcome the obstacle. You've got a powerful testimony. You've gone through something. You've endured something. And so uh, at many times, just going through the chemotherapy, going through the radiation, when uh, a needle was driven into my vertebrae, I wanted to give up. All the times that I was nauseous, all the times that um, I was depressed and oppressed and repressed, um, my mother would say, take off the pity party hat. You're going to live. You're going to overcome your situation. You're not going to die on me. You've got too much value in you for it to go into the grave. Pick yourself up. And that's what we need. We need people in our lives uh, when we're going through situations to not step back. Uh, but to step forward and pray us through and encourage us and inspire us and esteem us and lift us up uh, rather than throwing up their hands and saying, well, you're just going to have to handle it on your own because some folks are just, uh, you know, wishy-washy, this, that, the other. But we need people who are going to be symbols of excellence in our lives who are going to help us turn those tears into trophies, uh, transform stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And so uh, the foundation of my faith, yes, sir, totally shaken. But I, I stepped forward and I said, I, I'm going to live. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to fight this thing with every uh, bone and fiber in my being. And I, I still have that passion today. Yes, sir. i tell you what, that's awesome. And I know Brian just can't wait. So, uh, Brian, uh, I, I know you have a question for him. Yeah, you know, I listen to this, brother, and I see so many people who... I, and maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I don't think they could have, you know, gotten through that type of ordeal. You know, when I talk to people, and, you know, people usually will, will tell me things, and they'll say, hey, I'm going through this. What should I do? I'm going through that. What should I do? You know, who gave you – Who? well, let me ask this question. Who did you look to for advice and uh, other than your mother? During that time uh, in my life, I, you know, I honestly could say, honestly can say that I actually had nobody. Uh, that was the loneliest time 
of my life. I literally had nobody. I had no male figure. Uh, I literally had no human being. I'm talking about out of six and a half billion folks on the planet. I only had one human being that I could communicate my pain to. And in many cases, when I couldn't even speak, the tears had to speak for me. Uh, the, the emotion had to speak for me. I actually had no one to to really convey my thoughts to all the friends that I had at 15. And I'm sure uh, a lot of them just did not understand the ordeal that I was going through. They scattered away. Uh, the people, the family, uh, even my own, like I was saying, my own father was not there for me. Growing up in a single-parent divorced family, how do I define my masculinity? A lot of times we define it based on what's on TV uh, versus what's in the home. And sometimes even when the father is in the home, he's not there because he's not connected to the child cognitively, not connected to them psychologically and emotionally and physically. And so I literally had nobody outside of my mom. All I had was God. That's all I had was the Lord to take me through this situation. And... Uh, he comforted me, uh, helped me to overcome, helped me to make it through. I'm reminded of a, a scripture. Um, there's a scripture in Malachi 4 and 2 that declares the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And if I have shown up needed him to swoop me up at that time, that's what he did for me. He swooped me up and he held me and he comforted me. When my body was disintegrating before my own very eyes, looking in the mirror, not resembling who I was, uh, breaking down before my very own eyes. That's, that's, that, that can drive a person literally insane. Mm -hmm. And um, I literally went to, went to the edge, the cliff of death. And um, the enemy really sought to push me over, but I, I held on strong, I held on tight, and today... I really just do not resemble. I don't look like what I've been through. And that's all because of, of the grace of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, you, you said, Eddie, you said that you didn't have anyone. You didn't have anybody. Nobody was there for you. Yeah. Now, do you think that was a strategic plan that God placed you in that position where the only uh, individual or person that you could deal with was him? He wanted to minister to you. He wanted to uh, break bread with you. He wanted to uh, commune with you. Right. Do you think that's why he did that? Absolutely, because I can't give any credit for my healing. I can't give any credit for why I'm alive today except to him. Um, uh, there's a scripture when, when, when Jesus... Um, was going to heal Lazarus, and um, the Bible says that, uh, I believe it was Mary who was upset with Jesus. Why did you wait so long? He said, the sickness is not unto death, but that the glory of the Lord should be revealed thereby. Um, where I thought that this was a situation where I was going to have to die, that I was going to die, that I was not going to make it through. The Lord it literally cleared everybody up out the hospital room, cleared everybody up out my home, and said, uh, we're going to fight this thing together, and I'm going to take you through this. And you won't be able to give any credit to anybody else. You won't be able to uh, give any references or any accolades, any recommendations to anybody else. But this is me. I did this thing all on my own for you. And he took me through loneliness, took me through being alone. Um, if you look at that word, even you can, be, you can be alone and not lonely. Um, of course, I played both of those situations, but even in that word alone, you see the last three letters of that word is one. Mm -hmm. And sometimes us going through the pain, sometimes going through being uh, the, the seeming forsakenness, sometimes going through being, being stripped of uh, many of the things that we regard and we give acclamation and acclaim to, takes us through, through that place of being alone. But when we're alone, and that word one in the word alone brings us closer to God and makes us more one with him. And uh, oftentimes um, we see it as a negative, but really it's a positive because sometimes he has to take us away from everybody. Sometimes he has to strip us 
away from uh, of, of everything so that we can be more one with him because while the doctors were injecting chemotherapy and radiation into me, the Lord said I wanted to inject some inspiration, some hope, some elevation, my word into you so that you could overcome the situation, move from situation to revelation to manifestation. Hmm. That's the ticket, brother. That's the ticket. You know, I want to... I want to go to the callers because I'm sure, I mean, we got a lot of people on the line. I want to try to get to everybody, but I'm going to start out with the 248 area code, 248-399. You're live on the Abundant Solutions Hour. 248. All right, maybe they're just listening in. That's just fine. Let's try uh, 313 area code. Three one three alive. Okay, they're listening to look like TV. I think so. Like, <laughs> all right. We seems to have some listeners, and they're listening in. Uh, we'll try back a couple more callers a little bit later. I want to ask this question about um, what you do when you go over to Jamaica, because I have been, you know, I've been you know, reading up on you, and I do see that you go over there, and you said your mother goes over there on a regular basis. You know, Absolutely. what do you all provide when you go over there? Well, um, if you if you go over to, if you were able to go with me over to Kingston, um, you would see that compared to our lifestyle, which I was, which I was literally telling somebody the other day, we're rich compared to them. And so um, a lot of the times when I, when my mother and I or when my mother will just go, a lot of the people just need uh, inspiration. A lot of them need, uh, especially the young girls, they might need barrettes or the young guys might need shoes. I mean, you'll see uh, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old boys just walking in the street all day just on their bare feet. And... Uh, a lot of those young people need shoes or they just need a hope, some inspiration in their lives. They need books or uh, churches need Bibles or just many of the, the little amenities. I believe $1 U.S. is about 70, 65 to $70 Jamaican. And so uh, just a little bit of, of hope and inspiration that you can plant into their life uh, can cause a seed of of sagacity to germinate, and they can begin to develop, and they can begin to grow. Um, uh, there are so many orphan young people who are there without father, without mother, uh, whether it's because of a certain disease or because of uh, HIV and AIDS, which is begin beginning to uh, ravage uh, that island down there. Um, a lot of those individuals just need guidance, and they need the uh, the Word of God to be shared with them uh, through ministry as well. And so my mother, she does a, a conference called uh, The Power of a Man, and she really talks about relationships and and uh, building uh, your life again in spite of the brokenness that you face. And uh, she'll go down there and she'll um, minister to many of the, the, the local churches in that vicinity down there. And... Uh, She'll, she'll just give words of encouragement and inspiration, really try to elevate uh, those lives. And, and they've been turned around. They've been turned around tremendously. Awesome, awesome. And so it's, a, it's sort of like a twofold thing. You go over and you bless people, and then God blesses you. Yes, yes. And so that I can keep being reciprocate, so that I can keep reciprocating that. He continues mm -hmm. to bless me. I bless others. And. I uh, call those others who have been blessed by me to bless others too. And uh, we just continue to pay the blessings forward. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Eddie, the next time we have you on, man, we definitely got to have to have your mom on as well. I don't know if everybody can handle the two of you on at one time, but i tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> okay. i tell you what. You, oh, yes, yes. You, you e just, you're so powerful, and you just, you know, the, you know, Brian, he hears me say this all the time, that, you know, life will do 
one of two things to you. It's either going to make you bitter or it's going to make you better. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like your ordeal made you better. And you have a lot of people, um, whenever you go out and speak, you know, I want to be like Eddie, the little boys. I want to be like Eddie. I want to be exactly like Eddie. And you hear women say all the time, and you hear the little girls, I want to be like Oprah. I want to be the next Obama. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think they understand a lot of times that the, the struggle or the fight that you had and the fight that Oprah had to go through with the molestation and you dealing with cancer. You can't. None of that can be removed. Those ingredients are there for a reason. You can't take any of the bad out for Eddie because Eddie wouldn't be Eddie if you took some of that out. <laughs> and they don't know your story. They just see the glory part of where you are right now. They see that, but they don't see what got you to this point. So when people, so my question is when people are in their valley and they're hurting and they're going through should they look at that in a way to say God is building my character? He's he's molding me into the individual he created me to be. Should they look at it like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. For every for every peak there are two valleys. And uh you even look at the heart monitor. If you were if we were to connect everybody to a, a heart monitor in a hospital, uh you would see that the dials would be going up and down. And if it ever flatlined, if the line just went straight across, that would mean we're over. It's over for us. We're dead. But life is not flatlined. Life is ups and downs. Sometimes you're on cloud nine. Sometimes you're not even on a cloud. And so um, understanding that it's the, the, the trials of our faith that are working patience. A, a day without challenge is really a day without growth. And so every day um, when your feet hit the ground, it ought, to, it ought to scare the devil. It ought to scare your haters that are coming. It ought to scare anything that is uh, coming in the way because you're going to say, I'm going to uh, overcome this challenge today because I got to grow. I got to get bigger. I got to get stronger. And so um, it's not that uh, God makes us go through this situation, but he allows us to go through it. But even in... Um, uh, even in the de devastation, is sustenance. He's still providing for us. He's still taking our vision and putting provision behind it. And so um, we've got to, even in the situation, we can't have an old mindset if we're headed to a new place of promise. Uh, we have to look at the situation to where it's building strength, it's building character, it's building courage within us. Um, uh, and life is not just going to be uh, lived at a uh, totally high level. There's going to be, even at that high level, there's going to be some, some turbulence. There's going to be some trials. But you've got to have that spirit in yourself to say, I am going to be triumphant in spite of the trials and in spite of the tribulation uh, that I'm tackling today. Wow. You know, I love what you just said about... Uh the peak has two valleys. You know, I never even thought about that. You know, but that you're absolutely right. You know, life does have ups and downs, and yeah. you know, yeah. most people when they see you when you're up, that's all they look at. They focus on the up, but they never realize that. You know, well, they look at the up, and then most of them they they say, "Look, I know he wasn't gonna stay up long." But they don't realize that that's the way life is. You're not going to always be able to stay up. Right. right. Man, that is, that's just awesome stuff, brother. I have to tell you. I want to try to go to the callers again and see if the 248 area code is ready to be on the Abundant Solutions Hour. You're alive. 248-217, you're alive. All right, maybe they're just listening in. Let's try one more. Let's try the 313. 313, you're live. All right. We got Tell a lot of listeners. Tell them we on the hotline. Holler at me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe they're just a little, they're not ready to talk yet. So that's great. We got about 15 minutes in the show. So if you're ready, you can always press 1 and We'll see that you are ready to talk, and then we'll talk to you. 
<laughs> All right, there we go. That's what I want to see. 313, you are now live. Hello, this is Tanisha, and um, I just want to say that I'm listening to this this awesome testimony, and, man, we serve an awesome God. And I just, you know, I'm really, like, inspired by this. I, I'm i speechless <laughs> because, you know, uh, you, you'd be amazed of, you know, the things that you hear. And sometimes you wonder, like, okay, you know, you see all these people saying they're going through different things, and especially cancer. Cancer is one of the major things that's killing a lot of people right now. And I know a lot of people that died from cancer that didn't even make it. So to hear a testimony of someone that actually made it through it and you're talking about it today, that's that's just an awesome thing. So to God be the glory on that one. Yeah. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm speechless <laughs> just listening to you. And you're a young man of God. That's 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 wonderful. So you keep you keep doing what God wants you to do. That's that's a blessing. So much, I appreciate it. Oh yes, sir. You know, caller, I have a question. What was what was the first thing that came to your mind when you heard him say, at age fifteen, he developed cancer? Well, the first thing that came to my mind is. You know, I was like him. You, you you asked the question, why me? You know, like, Lord, why me? I'm 15 years old, for God's sakes. You know, but then you have to look back at yourself and say, why not me? You know, right. and if you never go through anything in life, how can you be a testimony to somebody else? You know, I've had asthma all my life. I was born with asthma. And I don't know if anybody knew about it, but asthma is something where you at times can't, can't breathe at times. But... You know, and when I was growing up, I used to say, okay, okay, I can't go to gym like everybody else. I can't do this. I can't do that. But, you know, again, in 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 it all, it was just a testimony for me to help somebody else. So I had to go through it so that I could bless somebody else. And that's what that's where you got to come down to because it's not about you. It's about God. And you got to realize that God is going to get the glory out of it anyway. So you got to sit back and you got to just enjoy the ride. You know, because you got to know that God has your best interest in heart. So he's not going to let anything, he's not going to let you, nothing come to you without him being in it with you, you know. So you just got to sit back and relax and take life as it is and just enjoy it. So, I mean, I, it's God God is wonderful. He's, we serve an awesome God, like I said, and we got to know that we're not in it by ourselves, and that's what makes it so great. We're not in this battle by ourselves, you know? So, right. I, I wanted to ask Eddie a question. You have so many people out there that are dealing with suicide. Suicide is on their mind because of situations like you had to go through, situations like Oprah had to go through. They're dealing with molestation. They're dealing with rape and divorce. Somebody tonight got a bad message. Somebody was told something that they didn't want to hear. So, Brother Eddie, what would you say to them, and how should they look at the information that they received, and how should they process that information? Well, uh, in many cases, some of us are living between between suicide and homicide, whether it's uh, the pain that we're dealing with, where uh, we're either trying to take ourselves out or we're just so angry about the situation where we're focused on trying to take out somebody else we see. Uh, but oftentimes the pain that we go through is is not even visible, but it comes out uh, through unforgiveness or it comes out through bitterness or it comes out through hatred or it comes out through jealousy or it comes out with a negative mindset that replicates into a negative attitude. Um but it's it's even at that crux of the moment where you where you've got to to pull out the resources that are within yourself or discover the resources that are within yourself and and let the Lord empower you through uh, the devastating uh, situation where you won't capitulate but you say I'm going to stand stand fast and I'm going to overcome every obstacle with power. And you've got to say, I'm, I'm going to, to live through this 
through this place that seems to be where I'm going to die. I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to turn my smile, turn up a smile and resurrect a smile even in the midst of sadness. I'm going to encourage myself that, yes, I can make it. Yes, I can be strong. Uh, I'm going to, to read God's word and find the value, the resources that he's imparted into me so that I can impart it into my life and, and, and turn uh, a devastation uh, into something that I'm going to live through, uh, turn being destitute into my destiny and exacting that destiny. And it, it begins in the mind. The mind is the battlefield. The mind is the battleground. If I can just change my mind, then I can change my situation. If I can just change my mind, then I can change my future. If I can change my mind, then I can unlock the door to my destiny. If I can change my mind, then cancer's got to die. Heart attack has got to die. Uh, abuse has got to be forgotten. It's got to be uh, uh, not remembered anymore, and I've got to forgive the, even the abuser, forgive the, even the perpetrator, uh, because I'm not going to be victimized anymore. Sometimes uh, the victim, the people who have victimized us have moved on, but what we do, we still hold on uh, to that victim. We still, hold, we still hold on to the perpetrator, rather. And as the victim, the perpetrator's moved on, but we still hold on to that perpetrator, and we still replay the negative situations in our minds. So while they are moved on and while they go on to live their life, we're still stuck in a rut, replaying and self-medicating and, and really uh, uh, partaking in mental suicide, going in a circle where we're not even making any forward progress. We're continually regressing in the past, presently living in the past. No wonder our futures cannot be cannot be lived and cannot be experienced because we haven't manifested and turned the pain into something that will empower us. Somebody's waiting on a, a, a testimony that has not been achieved yet. Somebody's waiting on uh, a story of deliverance that has not been realized yet, but they're waiting on you, the person who's listening to me. They're waiting on you to manifest that so that they can manifest their lives. Sometimes uh, we talk about our blessings, but sometimes we're holding up the blessings of other people because we have not overcome the obstacles that we're supposed to face yet. And we just continue to capitulate and surrender to it. And so the power that is within us must come out. Somebody's been in that cave of calamity too long. You, you've got to come out of your situation. You've got to come out of destitute. Uh, lifestyle. You got to come out from living like a low down, dirty shame. You got to come out from that uh, slavery mentality. You've got to come out of uh, of of the ghetto and achieve greatness. You got to come from the suburbs and make it and be successful. You can and you will. The time is now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Powerful. Brian, are you there? I'm still here. Yes, sir. You know, um, I want you to get out your information. I want you to tell us how we can contact you, give us information about your books that you're writing, give us information of uh, some of the speaking engagements that you'll be uh, intending soon or you'll be hosting. Absolutely. Um, for all my listeners, you can uh, feel free to uh, check me out via the web, and that's Eddie Connor, E-D-D-I-E. C-O-N-N-O-R dot com, EddieConnor dot com, and you'll see uh, a slew of information uh, that is there, and you'll see some products. If you click on the products link, you'll see three books uh, that are by me. The first one is Purposefully Prepared to Persevere, which I share about my story, as I did tonight, of, of overcoming cancer. And there are chapters in there such as I Won't Give Up, uh, Destined to Overcome the Odds, uh, power perfected through pain. Uh, where's your roar? I got something for the brothers called You Are a Restorer of the Brethren. I got some good info in there that will, you can't help but to be inspired and encouraged by it. Uh, I got a poetry book that I did entitled Collections of Reflections. It's a three-volume set of poetry uh, where I'm giving inspiration. I even used the term African-American. I did a, a poem 
titled After I Can, A Mayor I Can, in which I place an emphasis on the words I can uh, in the term African American. We're the only ethnicity that has the word I can twice in our title. Uh, don't give me Mexican American, that's just Hispanic. Uh, but we have the words I can. A lot of us put a T on the word can and make it can't. But God already told you, you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. And so that's some poetry there that you'll find that will just minister to you and bless you. And then a, a book that I just recently released uh, entitled Econ the Icon, From Pop Culture to President Barack Obama. And it's a compilation of many quotes and just some nuggets of knowledge where I'm placing emphasis on the icon that's within you, not the icon based on TMZ and ESPN on, or CNN and BET, but the icon that G-O-D put in you, uh, the value that is within you. In this celebrity culture, we define ourselves by what we have, but God defines you by who you are. And so uh, just the value that I place within these books it will tremendously bless you. And even uh, with that book, there's a book by my mother entitled Propelling Faith. And in many cases, it, it, it's married to the first book that I wrote, Purposefully Prepared to Persevere, uh, where she shares her side of having to deal with a son who had cancer and how she helped me to overcome that. And uh, you can, like I said, that website is eddieconnor.com, E-D-D-I-E-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. And if you own Twitter, holler at your boy, uh, twitter.com uh, slash Jr. Uh, you can see some information there. And I'm telling you, you want to get these products, these books will tremendously bless you, and you want to share them with somebody else. You want somebody else to, to be encouraged by these books as well. Yes, sir. And we have about three minutes. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners? Absolutely. Uh, uh, Greg and Brian, I, I truly appreciate this opportunity tonight to be able to uh, share and i got to give a, a shout-out and a holler to my boy, uh, Tony Gaskins, who linked uh, me and Greg up. I really appreciate uh, my brother, TG, uh, for linking us up together. He's a strong brother, great brother, and uh, linked us up. And uh, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, so, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And so uh, I, I'm feeling very sharp right now because I'm on uh, the line with two sharp brothers tonight. And uh, if I could just do one thing, if I could just share a poem that I wrote. Yes, sir. Sure. A real quick poem titled, entitled uh, The Vanquished Vision. And it goes something like this. What happened to the trees of the seeds of dream sown? Why is it people's hearts are hard like stone? Why does the world only want to rock stones? The same stones are breaking young African bones. Can we repair the single mother parent homes? always seem to wonder about that, Holmes. Like, why didn't the government help the folks out laying out down in the Superdome? Did that girl Katrina hit by Katrina? Did her family ever get a home? Look at us. We're flossing with our diamond grills, rarely focused on our destined goals. You know how it goes. What profit is it to us? If we gain the world and lose our souls, your dreams just froze. Put some heat on your dreams. Forever be bold. I appreciate you, brothers. Wow. I thank you for having me on the program tonight. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Powerful, powerful. Very talented brother on the on the call with us tonight, man. I tell you, God is truly doing some wonderful things with you and through you. And, you know, we just have to give him all the credit, all the praise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He deserves it. You know, Greg, I want to close out the show uh, by saying... Again, we thank you, brother, for coming on. I mean, you just blessed our soul tonight. And we're definitely going to have to have you come back on, and we invite your mom as well to come back on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you. And um, I want to leave you all with these thoughts. Uh, the book of John, chapter 10, verse 9 says, I am the door. By me, if any man shall enter in, he shall be saved and should go in and out and find pasture. We have to start showing people where the door is. We, we can't keep having people walk up to that door and assume that they can't go in it. You know, and 
that door is Christ. We have to start getting people to have that proper relationship with him. You know, he died so that we could do that. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we pray and ask that you join us again next Wednesday at 9 p.m. as we'll have another wonderful guest, another exciting show. We thank you. Good evening. God bless you all, and good night.